You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Don't miss your free chance to tune into Benzinga's very own bootcamp series on November 20th. If you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account, this one's for you. What is up, everybody? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Thursday. Hope your day is off to a good start. We got a lot going on today. NVIDIA, yes, I see it in chat. I see you guys talking about NVIDIA. We will most certainly talk about NVIDIA can the stock, will this stock ever go down? Probably at some point today. Who knows? We got retail earnings on our mind as well. We got two guests on the show today, Alan Brockstein and Peter Tuckman. Let's roll. Tell us how we're doing today, Joel. Oh, we're doing good as usual. A little bit of a week close. They bought it up right off to 6 p.m. open. We're up 1150, 9775. Uh, Pre-market high, 04. I'm more concerned about 0975. That was Monday's high. Uh, Crude in the red by just a few pennies here. Uh, U.S. asking other countries just to open up the spigots. Uh, Gold down 340 at 1866.80. Silver going the same way, but still above 25, down about a dime at 2507. Bitcoin. Loses the psychological 60K level down $1,380. This is called $59,100. And Ethereum futures, they're going the same way. They're down 84 and a quarter at 4187 and a quarter. Commodities in the red today. Uh, but Triple D, what's uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on? You have electricity. I have power. I have trades on. <laughs> Okay. I have... You getting killed in anything? Mm, 
to be determined. There's always <laughs> there's always the potential to be killed in something. So Alibaba apparently I had What's going on with the Boxster? We forgot to talk about that in the pre pre market show. Well, we talked about it yesterday and we talked about it needing to get over one seventy to get interesting. Oh that's not interesting. I'll tell you that. And they sold it ahead of the report yesterday, so somebody got the memo over there because oh. they were hammering Baba ahead of it. And it was not a good report. Let's go to the details from Mr. Israel and the Benzinger Pro. A buck seventy-four per share is what they made last quarter versus a one dollar and ninety-three cent estimate sales. Really? Sales of thirty-one point one five billion versus a thirty-two point oh five billion. So they missed the sales estimates by over by about a billion dollars. Um, they expect their sales to grow uh, in the low 20% range year over year, which I think was not as bad. Uh, maybe it's smidge light compared to estimates. Uh, so, yeah, light on the guy. Yeah, it was. So, light on the guidance to go with light on the earnings. And that's all you need to know. Wow. Not good. I mean, we're you got to start thinking about the low of the move. I mean, 150 is the big psychological. And then below that, obviously, 138.43. I've been in this stock, I feel like, since birth. It's like six years. I bought it at 150. It went to 300. I sold a piece uh, back when Jack Ma was missing. Should have sold it all back at 240. Um, now it's 150. And I just feel like getting out and not being bothered with this anymore. Um this is just, you know, I, I just don't know what turns the story around, to be honest. Um, you've got the Chinese government still not in love with the company. Jack Ma's here. We know he's alive, but he doesn't seem How do you know really as involved. Well, no, no, well, he was, he was, no, there was an appearance like a week or two ago, wasn't there? Somewhere? Yeah, yeah. It actually went viral because he was pretty cringy. He was like, he was cosplaying as like a rock star or a rap star or something. But it was really, it was, it was bizarre. But yeah, he's, he's not involved with the company. Right, yeah. he stepped, remember he stepped down. He's, he's not. Still the, he's still the name of the company, though. He's still yeah, like. But he's not involved in the day to day anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm. Uh, I just don't know. You'd like to say, oh, you can go while. Well, how can you go wrong buying the dip in Alibaba? Just ask anybody who bought in the last year and a half, because had the big dip to 250, then the big dip to 200, now the dip to 150, and yeah, we rallied a little bit, but the stock just cannot figure it out. Epic disappointment. For the last year and a half, uh, I don't even know what to say about one fifty. I mean, the, it's hard with the charts here because there's the gaps are not you know they're created overnight. Uh, there's a daily low at one fifty seventy five. Haven't hit that yet in the pre market. So if everything's priced in, it should you know it should bounce between the one fifty seventy five and one fifty two area. But as we know, <laughs> anything can happen in this market. Uh, underneath that, you got a gap to fill the top of 145. I don't think you'll see that today. I don't know. You could see anything. This is still in full price discovery mode here. Yes, uh, people saying it's an undervalued stock, but this market hasn't cared about valuation for a long time. And when you're out of favor, yeah. it doesn't matter. The cheap get cheaper. This stock is the epitome of a stock that's out of favor. It's a very clear downtrend. Oh, boy. There goes Rips one. Too. to be sold in stocks and downtrends. I continue to talk against my book, apparently. Um, I don't still, like still. it at all. I, I honestly, honestly, I should probably just cut the loss, and or and it's not even a loss. I'm still actually up in it somehow, but it's like feels like a loss because I'm in it five years, and I watched the the three hundred dollar gain turn into nothingness. So this has, uh, or the hundred fifty dollar gain turn into nothingness. This has not been a good story. Nah, 
Give us a good story. Share me up because uh, you, you that just brought one? me and made yeah, me depressed. I'll give you a slightly better one. At least this morning, uh, one of Alibaba's friends or competitors or peers, I don't know, JD.com. Their report actually was not that bad, right? Their EPS beat by over a dollar, $3.16 versus a $2 estimate. Their revenues also came in higher. Uh, what else? The new say? Baba. Uh, it, yeah. it used to be like Baba was the favorite stock. JD is the favorite stock. The, the, the revenue, the revenue guidance that they gave for the year was in line. Is who's actually a smidgen above where the estimate was. So good guidance. Uh, yeah, it was a mostly good report for JD. So there you go. It, it is unbelievable. You think about this before COVID is twenty dollars stock, not really loved by the market at all. Then I had the huge COVID run. We had the consolidation pullback. This looks much better than Alibaba. So I will say. You know, obviously, you can look and say, well, eventually there's be a catch up trade short in JD and Baba, but that's not the way this market works. The strong gets stronger, the weak get weaker. JD.com, I don't want to invest in any Chinese stocks, but if I was going to invest in one, this would probably be the one. Uh, this got a pop. Um, you can see the reaction at four o'clock. It got near 86.50. And then I'm just looking at the dailies here the, uh, the, um, Two, three, and four-day highs right there, 86.50 area. You backed off. So I'll keep an eye on that if it gets back up there. It was triple top. And then the recent high of the rebound has been 87.83. But first things first, got to get through that 86.50 and, and hold. I don't see the agenda on the side here, so I don't even know where we're heading here next. Well, that's because that's the charts are full screen, but we'll get the, the we, we get we, that up there because I'm lost right now and I'm going to get yelled at for going off. No, script. no, no. We're staying with the earnings here. Let, let, okay. Let, let's stick with the earnings here and let's. Well, I'll go to the big one. Yeah, let's go to the big one. Nvidia is in favor always, every always. day, all day, every day, every day. Yeah. Here are the numbers on NVIDIA uh, from last night. They absolutely blew it away. Their earnings per share, buck seventeen versus a dollar ten cent estimate. Sales, seven point one billion versus six point eight three billion dollar estimate. Their sales guidance for the current quarter, seven point four billion versus a six billion uh, six point eight billion dollar estimate. So they beat that, that number as well. Um, what else to say here? Uh, gaming revenue is up 42% year over year, a record high there. Oh man, it was just, it was all good. Uh, they talked about, um, uh, you know, they, they, they talked down the regulatory concerns about the, the, the arm deal. The, they talked about the Omniverse. Oh man. Oh, the Omniverse. Omniverse. Oh, is that bigger than the Metaverse? The, omniverse. the word Omniverse was mentioned. Oh. 80, uh, Wedbush counted. Uh, it was used 88 times on the conference call. Uh, buzzwords. So, Question. What is the difference between the Omniverse and the Metaverse? Um, well, the I don't know. Well, the Omniverse is, is like, so, okay. Uh, can like, you explain it or is there no difference yeah no no i i, I can because the omniverse is, is the metaverse is like a no one owns that term okay that's a broad term omniverse uh, nvidia actually has a trademark on that term it's like in, in the nvidia omniverse Ooh, which is like so it's, it, it, it's like nvidia's like metaverse chip thing right so <laughs> it's, it, the omniverse is like nvidia's thing omniverse metaverse yeah. i don't even know what verse we're on here but i will tell you is one level in the stock one yeah, level only so mr alconan yep. this Next, is the easiest chart i've ever seen 
$323.10. What does it do there? Does it get rejected the first time because rallying $30 into it? You got to think about ATRs, which is obviously, you know, something that Rob Friesen is going to talk about. But your average trading range, what do you think, you know, is the average trading range in NVIDIA? It's not 25 points. So it's a big move already. So now you're coming up to a big resistance point. Is the stock going up 20% today? I, I don't think so. So not saying I would sell this long term. I already did that and that was a big mistake. But I will say you got a big level to contend with. So if you're coming in and buying at 320 thinking we're going to 350, I don't know if we got the gas to get there. We got to contend with that high first. 32310 is a big level. I was just kind of watching this out of the corner of my eye and I'm like, you know, because it was down. You had sellers at stacking up at 307, 308. I'm sure they're regretting that now. And uh, I was, I didn't see when he, I'm like, wow, this thing's bid. I'm like, this, this thing's bid. It's, it was, it was just relentless. And then it paused at that 308 pre-market highs, just under 320. So that the two bogeys uh, right there, pre-market high 319.85. That means someone has to wiggle out at 320. And then the other number Dennis mentioned, uh, 2320, but uh nice move. It was just bid and, Still buyers out there. Just got to get it through 220. It's popping AMD near an all-time high, too. Yep. So AMD is going to challenge its high basically from the same day, I almost think, or at least around the same day, 155.65. I mean, these stocks are still in clear uptrends. I don't want to be short stocks that are approaching or making new all-time highs. Just saying, if you're coming in chasing this morning on NVIDIA, just be careful that you don't pull the rug out from under. I don't think they're going to do that, but you do have you know a potential high to deal with. So then you go into retail earnings season here. <laughs> oh um, I'm skipping Cisco because nobody likes Cisco anymore. It's like Alibaba. We don't. Okay. Like yeah, I mean, it's not like Alibaba. It's, it's, one it's your not big like losers. Alibaba. One of your big losers in the morning. Oh, it is a big loser. No, I know. That's why we don't talk about losers. Because people will just say, oh, Dennis is always so negative. So we can't talk about losers right now. <laughs> no one says that. No. <laughs> really, nobody says that. We're only talking positive things here today. So Kohl's, Macy's. Dillard's, which is basically, you know, Mitch asking, is it going to a thousand? I was like, why not? Because I don't understand the Dillard story whatsoever. But Macy's, Kohl's, retail firing on all cylinders. We're coming into retail, the best month for retail typically as we approach the Christmas holiday season is right now. So, I mean, you got seasonality in your favor. The earnings reports are all good. These are actually set up for gap and goes. Now, again, I don't like chasing stocks that are up 10% in the case of Kohl's, uh, but, you know, maybe you get a pullback, a dip, and people forget, and you probably want to get in these stocks here. Give us the details on KSS. Yeah, so a few years ago, I, I pondered out loud, is this going to be like the biggest retail holiday season ever? When now I st- this, t- this is either the top right now or this is just the beginning and they're all going to be drowning in money it's going to be raining money this uh this holiday season that's what that's basically what macy's said because macy's beat their numbers on their earnings but then they also raised their guidance uh and then Coles was like oh wait us too we also want to raise our guidance so they also raised their <laughs> guidance uh so they both beat on their earnings and raised their guidance and, and wait, I didn't even look at Dillard's. <laughs> Let me look at Dillard's. Dillard's just goes up every day, no matter what anybody does. Yeah, no, they didn't report last night, so that's why I didn't look at that. But wait, nobody can understand. You Macy's know, and Kohl's beating, raising, beating, raising. That's what it is. The, the Dillard's $22 back in July of 2020. It's now $361. So in just over the course of one year, 
DDS is up, what is that, 1,500%, 1,600%? Who's to fight that tape, though? I mean, everybody that's been short this thing thinking, oh, well, retail struggling has been wrong. I, I would, I'd rather own a Macy's or a Coles and a Dillard's, but I don't know. Actually, maybe you don't. The Dillard's just keeps put going. A, put but... a one in the chat if you have ever been to Dillard's because none of us have. I've been in a Dillard's before. Yeah, I go have. in there. There's one in Chicago. It was fairly busy. Where? My dad used Where to go to the Chicago? one in Florida, and he said there was never anybody in there shopping. It's like 50 people working and three people shopping in the store, but it's never appeared to matter. The stock just continues to go up and defy gravity. It's disconnected from all reality, in my opinion, as well, but you know, this is what stocks do now. They just go up on whatever. So this is what we're in. Welcome to the bull market. <laughs> uh, you do have a level for once in Dillard's. Uh, 36408. Uh, is That'll your go old... probably today. Yeah. Well, it, it 400. It, it could go to 400 like next week because that's how silly this market is. I mean, look at the big candle. What was the big candle when it went up $60 on November 11th? Was that just because it was remembering? No, no, no. That that was earnings, Dennis. Oh, that was earnings. Okay, so you do have a gap and go here, kind of. 64. 64. Palms out at 64. 364 was your high uh, yesterday, and then 364.08, that was your high on November 11th. They make so much money, though, like, too. I don't understand. Like, how are they make last quarter, they made $9.81, Joel. That's a lot of money. I, I don't know how they do that when there's never anybody in the stores, but they find a way, man. I'll tell so. you how. I'll, I'll tell you how. You ready? Because you, 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 you didn't finish the thought. They made nine dollars eighty-one cents per share. There's they no want, shares. There's no shares. Why are there no shares? And actually, CMC covered this yesterday. I think I saw Bob Pisani talk about this. They're they've been buying back their own stock for like a decade. So they have no shares outstanding. There's no the shares <laughs> they, outstanding. They make a lot of money because they're the buybacks. It's the, the Apple model. The shares outstanding is below five million. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the, the Apple model. That's the float below five million. That that's the Apple model though. That's how Apple is. Uh, you know, it's all buybacks. So you, you just oh, think wow. about you know how it's much. Not, it's not quite the same grow. thing. It's not quite. The, the same. Do they well, have other not, brands? How much of their share price growth has been from buybacks? Those buybacks work, man. What is the market cap of Dillard's? I got to go look. Do we? Uh, do they have other brands? Because uh, Susan Virginia Beach says that uh, that they have other stuff. Yeah, but do they? They have something else. Seven and a quarter uh, uh, billion. Dennis. This might. So when you rewrite the CFA script, you know, for your CFA, you say I talk about buybacks and the price appreciation, how it does. They should have a picture of Dillard's right there. Because <laughs> wow, the I tell you, the eight point five percent of the float that's short, man, they are just. Got to read more about buybacks, I guess. Yeah. And so buybacks trump sales. Apparently, That's the line. A, lot people, <laughs> a lot of people in the chat love Dillard's. Not everyone's heard of it, but a lot of people in the chat say, hey, so uh, we had a few comments. Dillard's is nice. Okay. We've never been to one. So I, I've never been to one. So they're nice stores. It's kind of like Nordstrom. Yeah. I, I've been in a couple. It feels exactly like a Nordstrom. You're in there, Macy's. They're all the same, cut from the same cloth. You go in there, huge stores, sell everything. Mm-hmm. Bazillion people working and ten people buying stuff. I've never understood how. Any of that I can't. You go buy some of those clothes racks in like the. I mean, not that I've been in the mall in a long time, but <laughs> you see these racks of like ugly shirts, and you're thinking, I can't imagine one lady buying one of these shirts, and there's like forty of them. I mean, do they end up like throwing them? I don't understand it, but you know, people are buying it. I mean, I guess Texas, uh, you know, in that region, flush with the oil money, right? 
crude oil going up, they're taking the money and they're going to Dillard's. Yeah, and you know what? It's a good point too because the times I've been in Dillard's, I've walked in there and it's expensive, man. So maybe it's like, you know, they sell a coat and it's like they're making a lot of money on that coat. So maybe they don't need a lot of sales because their markups are huge because I know I was in there once and what was we were looking? I was looking for a blazer. Remember you told me to buy a blazer? Remember you were a blazer or something? And I don't yeah. know how. I ended up in a Dillard's and I was like, I'm going to buy a blazer. And their blazer was like $1,000. Was well, this like, because. Can I get a blazer for 200 bucks? Wait, 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 $1,000. Because you were having an event and you needed to like, I think buy so. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't, you didn't want me to wear my red stripe shirt. So I had to go oh get a blazer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're Anyways. taking flashy tips from me, dude. Then you are in trouble. You need that. I you just remember what? thinking, Joel's like, go buy a blazer. So I had the first store, and I somehow I ended up in a Dillard's. I don't even know where I was that I ended up in a Dillard's, but I ended up in a Dillard's, and it was like a thousand dollars for the blazer. Like, and I was like, don't you have discount ones? Like, oh yeah, this rack, there's seven hundred dollar ones. I'm like, so then I ended up going to like TJ Maxx or something <laughs> for like eighty bucks and got the blazer that basically looked the same. So <laughs> you need Stitch Fix, man, is what you need. You're supposed to rein us in on things I'm, like I'm convinced Dennis never really knows where he is. He just, <laughs> he just looks up from his screen and goes, where, where am I? Anyway, yeah, he, I don't um, look at anything. I, well, I he's in uh, Meta Omniverse. That's right. That's I'm right. Hey, let's, let's stick with the retail. Oh, it's theme. so beautiful. All my <laughs> trades are green in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. let, let, let's stick with the retail theme because we've got a few more of those uh, reporting. Uh, BJ's is trading higher this morning. Uh, their earnings uh, were good. They also announced a $500 million buyback, uh, ticker BJ. And also um, a couple of stocks that Joel owns, although he doesn't really know what he owns, uh, but the, for, the former winners, though. The former, the companies formerly known as L Brands that have since split up. Now you have BBWI and VSCO. Those are the two um, uh, companies that split off of L Brands. One of them is Victoria's Secret. The other one is Bath and Body Works. They both reported earnings last night. They both reported good numbers last night. So everything is up this morning. Actually, I don't know about BBWI. I, I, is it still up? I have a question for you, Joel. Are you down in any stocks in your long-term portfolio? Because we keep always Tesla. Look at yes. the stocks that he's had. I got two. We, we don't count Peloton because that's in Lisa's portfolio. No, but I think you're actually still up in it. What you're down in two stocks only in your long. How many stocks do you own in your long-term portfolio? I don't. That is, I. I, I don't look at. It. I don't look at them every day and count them every day and see. I. Well, that's Joel, the key. Wait, down in, I'm, down in, uh, I'm down a little bit in AT and T because I, I bought it for. You have AT and T. I knew it. I knew. I knew. I was oh my god! I, I bought it for the div. I've been thinking about buying it for the <laughs> dividend for seven years. Years. And I bought it, cut. and the next day they cut the dividend. <laughs> I should have got it. I still think they're content. I think they're going to win the content war, I think. He rolls his eyes as I think. And then um, going to turn it around, Joel. And, and, you know, you guys are buying your Intel, and uh, or you're buying NVIDIA and AMD. You guys are just missing out on Intel. I actually <laughs> own some Intel, which it's been... Because they're going to... They're building all these factories now. They're waiting for I the future. I heard the guy's interview. They're going to come out with the Super Intel 96 VA Meta Omniverse chip. And they're going to have their own chip. They're going to na- come up with yeah. a new name. So they're, You're exactly um, right. And on the Intel call, they needed it to say Omniverse a few times. Because if they would have said Omniverse 76 times like NVIDIA, Intel would be a lot higher right now. But I guess technically they can't say Omniverse because NVIDIA owns that. And NVIDIA owns the Omniverse. 
it's, really, a, really, it's a product. They have a trademark. It's a product. It's one of the omniverse. Okay, first of all, just going because these tangents are just terrible. Sixty BJ. I just I had a, a BJ. How yeah, because you get. I want to give a level sixty three sixty six. Right. That's the all time high. Uh, with the BBWI, I mean, I feel like just selling these because I just hate the uh, the symbols. It used to just be LB, and I could pull it up. Now I have to look at BBWI. That's why do they put the I on there? Bath, Bath and Body Works Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because Build a Bear took BBW on them. Yeah, the bear, was, the building, the bear took BBW from them. How is Build a Bear doing? Oh, it's awesome because everybody goes to the mall to build their bears. Look that so. thing! That thing got the pump, and now I wow! And it it, it was a social on. media pump stock. Wait, do yeah. Dennis, I don't know if you realize this, but BBWI is the second best performing stock of the S&P 500 this year. I have nothing, no problem with Bath and Body Works. I think it was, uh, I think actually, well, obviously what Al Brands did spinning off the, or splitting up the two companies actually worked in this case. Uh, the, the thing, and, and you know what? You can see clearly VSCO, Victoria's Secrets, which was the dog, obviously hasn't performed that well either. But BBWI was always a good company. So I guess, you know, we should have just bought the BBWI when it spun it off. Next, yeah. yeah. Are we going to these EV stocks because they're exciting to talk about? Sure, we and, can. We can. Sure. And wow, what a move in Rivian! They gave us all the information we needed in the pre-market. When we when a stock falls ten bucks on nothingness, that gives oh, oh, you oh, everybody. Oh, oh, oh wait! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Time, time out. <laughs> Yesterday, okay. yesterday, you're all like, no, 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 there has to be news. There has to be news. And I'm like, I, I don't think there's news, Dennis. No, no, no. There, well, there probably was. No. Did we ever look? No. Fast forward 24 hours, and Dennis is admitting that there was no news. No, I don't admit. Okay, well, I don't know if I am admitting. I, don't, I didn't go looking afterwards. I moved on. But I'll tell you, when you have a stock trending up, 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 and boom, they get that huge first flush candle. That's usually not the end of it. That was a nice flush, and the end and the selling just didn't stop all day, and it hasn't stopped all night. So at a certain point in time, this stock in literally two days can go from overbought to oversold. That's incredible in itself. We just lost forty bucks. We lost forty dollars in basically forty-eight hours. That's nothing short of incredible, really. Not even forty-eight hours, like like thirty, like twenty-four. It was pre-market. It was up near those highs. So where was in the pre-market yesterday, Joel? Wasn't it like 179 the pre-market? Yeah, it was. Before that big red candle. Wait, Joel, you're on. We, we literally lost 40 points since this time yesterday in 24 hours. That's a flush job. Can we there will t- be buyers here somewhere. I think it bounces today somewhere. Where are we bouncing, Joel? Where's the bounce? Well, first of all, can we tip people in the chat? I know they, they can tip us, but do we have a mechanism to be able to tip them? You want, some, what, you, you want to tip less RAM? Yes, less RAM. Did you see that comment, Dennis, from less RAM? He said we're better than Howard Stern. Yes. <laughs> Is that a compliment? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Wish you had Howard Stern's salary, though, huh? That would be nice. Um. Where's Rivian get a bounce? Uh, I mean, tell can, me. I, I actually, I don't want to buy Rivian. I don't know. I just I would, like to buy bounces. Uh, or is I it mean, too dangerous? Oh wait, no, no. He said we're the best. You're right. He he said we're the best broadcast since Howard Stern. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big difference. My bad. Has <laughs> it been Eddie? I'm oh, I'm saying low one thirties. We're gonna have a bounce I'll, here somewhere in Rivian. 
You know who will come to the defense is going to be Kramer. He'll come out and buy 20 shares for his charitable trust or something in in his newsletter. And then it'll turn around. It's like, Kramer's bullish. He bought 20 shares. Load up. Uh, He doesn't doesn't reveal a size, does he? Yes, he does in this newsletter. It's like 25 shares. We're buying 25 shares for the charitable trust. We're buying 30 shares. I get the newsletter. Didn't you subscribe to the Kramer newsletter? He tells you everything he's going to do before he does it. It's like, we're going to buy 25 shares of this stock. I listen to pre-market prep. Why would I um, subscribe? Well, that's not listening. That's just getting the email. Okay. Easy level for uh, someone's already read my mind on this and they did buy the dip. I don't know the exact number, but halfway back of this move is 136.50. Oh, Joel's good at these levels. And they went to 135.44. So if I had the gumption to be shorting that thing the whole way up. And then I said, Oh, if it just gets this 50%, I'm going to bring some of it in. That's what I would do. So right there, you got a pop. And then you also got a. You mentioned a good daily low there at one twenty seven fifty one. Uh, but right now the pre-market low, I mean, for you, our IVN, the people that want to buy, you want to see it, you know, it doesn't have to hold this exactly, but if you could get like three or four days where it's going to consolidate, it's going to be down today. Then it's going to have like two or three inside days, and then it's going to make its next move. It's going to well, calm down. It's going go, to calm down after this. Go to Roblox, RBLX, and look at this. And this is like your precedence. Yeah. You got a big gap up move. And then what happened? You had the consolidation for a couple of days. And what did you do? You made a perfect double bottom on the 10th and the 11th at $93. And this is what me and Joel look for on the dailies. You know, we're always looking at the 90 day. And when you see, you know, a move and then you get the pullback, it's like, okay, where do I get in? When you get that retest of the previous day's low and it doesn't breach and you get that perfect double bottom, that's when the setup is there. And then obviously Roblox has been straight up from there, 93. And then four days later, it's $129. I think you know, it's on 50% in four days. Um, you know what that chart in Spencer, not to rub salt in the wound, but 40%. that look, looks like the affirm chart. Kind of a little um, bit where it had the, the gap little, and go. A little bit. This is a a firm's ago. doing an offering today, so that's yeah. why it's down. Convertible note. Mm. Yeah. Good, good for them. Why not? Why I, not? Jim, Sell yeah. high. I hope that guy Bill Wang hasn't been buying it the whole way up. But uh, anyways. <laughs> just throw a nine is Bill still people. around? Bill, what, what did Bill do to you? <laughs> Do anything to Joel. It's hey, it's, it's eight thirty. Uh, about so we're, uh, we'll have Alan Braxton on the show in five minutes. We'll talk cannabis stocks. Um, uh, Inan wants to know what about Lucid while we're on the topic. I mean, it's the same follow story. Rivian right to the T. We yeah. talked about it in the pre-market. If Rivian was going to start tanking, Lucid was going to follow suit. The stock was fifty-seven or fifty-eight dollars when we talked about that, and they pulled the rug out from under it. And then, you know, what I did is I sold half my Fisker too. Good. For- I sold it right at the open because nice. I'm like, if they're going to hammer Rivian and they're going to hammer Lucid, they're probably going to hammer Fisker. So I'm like, I still like Fisker. I like the story, so I'm not selling at all. So I sold half. I got out twenty two ninety, I think. Um, it's nice. twenty ninety. So I have full intentions of trying to rebuy this half. So I've scalped like basically I'm up two points on that half that I sold. So I don't know where I'm going to come back in. That's a pretty. I didn't expect it to just continue to fall. I think that far. I probably would have sold it all. But um, I I I'd like I I want to be a buyer of the pullback here in Fisker. I don't know on Lucid. So Lucid, the market cap, and that's really how to run. I think the Rivian, I think they all are going to trade together. So we can see, and, you know, we talk relationship-based trading. 
these are all piston train together here now with Rivian as a leader. So Rivian's your leader, Lucid following Rivian, and then Fisker's obviously following those two. So, and then you have the other EV stocks all following suit to a certain extent as well. And Tesla does its own thing. So I I, I think you want to find some consolidation. Like Joel said, maybe you get yeah. a day where you have two lows, consecutive lows, and then you strike because it's just too much risk to just come in here and initiate a position when stocks are falling this far. But I do think that that, that Rivian will bounce here in the 130 somewhere. Uh, yeah, pre-market low, 35.54. Yeah, 36.50. Um, if you just want to lean on daily lows, um, Dennis is talking about the Wow, oh, that's not a one twenty. The super extra good number today would be one twenty six, because uh, that splits uh, the uh, three and four day lows twenty five and a quarter, twenty seven fifty one. I, d- I don't see that. I don't see that today. But as Dennis would say, anything can happen. Anything. This I market, wanna, anything I, can I, happen. I want to read this comment from Corey D. The on the affirm convertible note. They're buying now and paying later, so they're literally doing their own, <laughs> their own thing, which is funny. We got a smart chat. That's um, a good one. Tip him too. Yeah, tip him too. Okay, someone just asked about Visa. That was on my list here. I, I want to go to the payment stocks for a second here because it was a brutal day yesterday. Visa, yeah. the, the Amazon headline that Amazon's going to stop accepting Visa issued credit cards in the UK. You had two analysts come out yesterday, defend it as mere negotiating tactics on, on 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 behalf of amazon so uh i think it was morgan who was it? it was morgan stanley and it was barclays i want to say uh that came out and and, and defended visa stock uh but it was a pretty brutal day yesterday for not just yeah, visa, for visa for paypal uh mastercard too frankly american express uh, the whole is i square the whole payment space yesterday was down yesterday who? What? What analyst came out and defended it? Barclays, Barclays, and there was another one. Yeah, you do be asked last night giving rated buys on all these things. They're not listening because they gave a buy on Visa, and Visa's still trading down. So, <laughs> you know what that is? Disruptive technology. This, this is this is not disruptive. This is getting disrupted. So I don't know. This is the head of research coming into your office and saying. You better get this stock back up. Like, you better come up with something. And then the guy that's thinking, thinking, oh, okay, it's a negotiating tactic. I mean, something so obscure as that. I mean, pulling that out of their hat. Uh, this visa has been in trouble. I'm, I'm, Dennis, I'm worried for you on your MasterCard, but. That's why I did some hedging. I know. I know. I need they more. Just, I need actually more hedging. That was an ugly candle yesterday. It bounced back. It's just hanging up I'm here. I'm glad I had a hedge on yesterday. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, and what's PayPal? Did that stop going down yet? Because it didn't. I don't know that either. No. It, 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 it actually had multiple, you know, uh, yesterday or last night. We had uh, somebody coming out, put a buy rate. I think it was two analysts positive commentary on PayPal. So lots of people trying to buy this dip. Lots of analysts trying to buy this dip on PayPal. Just like we had the analysts yesterday selling the rip. Now we had a couple buying the dip. I believe it was UBS, but there was some other analyst commentary too. It's two analysts. I don't. They weren't upgrades, but there was two analysts coming out. UBS, I believe, coming out in, with a buy rating on PayPal, or at least reiterating their buy rating. And there was somebody else. Uh, but that's why PayPal is trading up here in the pre-market. But Stock in a clear downtrend, and some people saying PayPal's getting disrupted here too. I don't know. This is not the stock for you, I don't think. That's just my opinion. 
Uh, gave, PayPal gave back about half that move, a little bit more rebounded here. So if you felt like you missed the move, you got in, you could probably have bought it 204, 205 area. I mean, there's still a firm buyer here on, on strength, just between, you see, one, two, three, four lows. I see what you did with lows. the firm there, Joel. You stuck yes, that yes, in there. Yes, yes, yeah, That was a good that, pun. That, that, was, that was good. That, that, was, that was actually really good. I, I, I approve firm, of that one. It's companies like this that are, you know, hurting them and. I see a firm buyer. <laughs> I, I I approve of that. That was that was an A plus. That was really smooth. <laughs> I'm <All right>. back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let, let's talk some uh, cannabis stocks here with Alan, Heck yeah. Alan Broxton. He's the author of uh, 420 Investor. He's also uh, runs New Cannabis Ventures, which is one of my go-to sites for all things cannabis outside of Benzing, of course. But let's bring Alan on the show. Oh, wait a minute. There, there he is. Alan, good morning, hey, sir. Hey, got the whole crew here. Yes, got the whole crew. So, Alan, here's the situation. I, I'm hanging on by the skin of my teeth on a bet with Dennis. Um, we were looking- I actually don't know the bet. <laughs> we, I forget we, all my bets I make. Do you know you have a gambling problem when you forget all the bets you made? What did we? What? What bet? We're looking at MSOS on Monday. Uh huh. And 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 it was twenty eight versus thirty eight. You Ooh, I was said, selling the rip. That was you, good. Right, right, exactly. I'll you take thirty eight versus twenty eight. No, it's twenty nine right now. He's still taking it. <laughs> oh, you're on. You're on. <laughs> He's hey, actually, if I was a smart gambler, I would take twenty eight just to hedge myself. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen is it's going to hit twenty eight, and then it's going to go to thirty eight. But anyway, Alan. Um, I, I would have loved to get your thoughts on the rip we had last week. There was a, a confluence of factors, right? You had the Republicans introducing a bill. Um, obviously, it's that, that Momo has come off this week now. But uh, I, I'd be curious just to get your thoughts on on the just general rip we had last week in cannabis stocks. Yeah. So, well, first of all, there's a lot going on right now. We just went through one of the worst earnings seasons in a long time. And in the cannabis market, we're used to all sorts of weird things like the vaping crisis and the pandemic and yeah. all that. But things have been, uh, you know, really positive fundamentally, uh, at least, you know, at, on the top line. And uh, this was a quarter that was a little challenging. So the prices, you know, this data is out there. So the prices have been coming down. And, uh, you know, I think the, the best example of fear priced into this quarter is uh, GTI, Green Thumb Industry, GTII in Canada, GTBIF in, uh, uh, on the OTC. And if you look at that chart, I mean, it, it finally broke down. And, and this is perceived to be the best cannabis company out there, very reliable. They've never uh, failed to meet or exceed, usually exceed guidance. And there were some real concerns. And, and I think, you know, if you look at, at when they reported that uh, rebound was a big part of what happened. So that's a little bit of it, just so everybody understands. Then another thing, you know, I, uh, MSOS, which we were just talking about, uh, has over 1.2 billion in assets now. Yeah. And they're very transparent. And, you know, people could see the flows coming into it last week and in still this week as well. So I, I think people are getting excited about that money coming into the market. And they've been pretty slow to put it to work. Their cash levels are still like around 12%, which is historically high. Um, but, you know, I think what really got this started, and if you look at MSOS, I think somebody started to make a bet on MSOS. We started to see the share count go up, funds flow in the Thursday before Friday, November 5th. So November 4th. 
And late in the day on Friday is when the news broke that uh, Nancy Mace, Republican representative, a a freshman from uh, South Carolina, was introducing this legislation to, it's called the States Reform Act. It's kind of a stupid name, but really good legislation. Now, you know, for those who have been following the industry for a long time, they know that, first of all, whatever goes on in the House doesn't even matter, right? Because they've already voted to legalize cannabis. It doesn't matter. It's the Senate that matters. So you got to start off there. And then secondly, though, you know, she had this press conference earlier this week to actually introduce the legislation. And uh, without getting too deep into it, there are two main things that are so much better than what the Democrats are proposing. A lower tax rate, uh, number one, and not so much FDA regulation, number two. So these were things that were perceived to be very negative uh, in the Democrat Senate version. So I think people need to be very careful chasing uh, federal legalization. It's going to take a long time. It's complex. So uh, I think it's kind of wild that all this money flew into the MSOS ETF, not at the top, but at the bottom. This is a big difference. I'm so used to watching these flows, you know, go, you know, just the way they usually do. Uh, people pile in it up and sell at the bottom. But that, that's, I think, what's going on. Spencer. What, what is the chance of that this Republican bill actually goes somewhere? So, you know, it's zero, right? I mean... <laughs> Zero. (laughs) Come on. It's it's not actually going to pass in its current form. And, you know, kudos to Representative Mace, who has a a pretty deep history in cannabis, believe it or not. And she used the word flexible in her press conference. And this is more of a talking point, I think. And so from my perspective, as someone who's been following this industry now, uh, you know, pretty much full time for over eight years, uh, well, full time for over eight years. Um, the, the main things that we have going on right now are how do you get from this patchwork that we have now to something that's, that's more unified? So the, like one easy way is the federal government just says, you know what, the states can do whatever they want. We're not going to have anything to do with this, but that's probably not going to happen. And uh, so there's a couple of issues, you know, taxation and regulation on part of it. And then there's also being pushed by the Democrat Party at the federal level, and certainly very big issue at the local and state level, is this whole idea of social justice and social equity. And uh, I, I mean, I tend to support this concept, So, uh, but I understand why a lot of people think it doesn't deserve to be talked about, which is basically uh, people of color have been uh, oppressed due to cannabis illegalization. So they deserve you know, uh, more than just legalization, they deserve a chance to profit now. And so that's going on at the state and local level. And it gets complex at the federal level. And and so what was nice about the Mace bill is it, it kind of bypasses that issue for now. And that's been the hang up. The Senate Democrats, uh, a lot of them anyway, put that forefront. And so I think there's a lot of negotiation that has to take place. It's going to take place over years. And, and if you want like a, a modern um, analogy, it's in Canada, right? And it's so, it was so much easier. Canada had federally legal medical cannabis when Justin Trudeau was elected with, I think he had three things on his platform and uh, legalizing cannabis for adult use was one of them. So he got elected, he had control, and it still took them three years to go from 
just simply a federal medical program to adult use. And it's pretty complex there. The United States, so much more complex. We've got all these states. Some of them are getting like a billion dollars of tax revenue now. They don't want to give that up. And so you have these issues of interstate commerce, imports, social justice, uh, taxation, all, all these various issues that it's going to take a long time. So when I say zero, it's zero chance of this passing in the short term. But let me tell you what's exciting about it. So we've had this uh, stalemate in the Senate where because of the Republican control, they wouldn't even talk about cannabis. So in the House, they not only talked about and had very you know bipartisan discussions and you could kind of see the bipartisan support and they even voted. It was symbolic, but they voted to legalize cannabis in the Senate. They don't even have those talks. So. The part that I really liked about the, the Nancy Mace conference call that she had to introduce this legislation was, uh, you know, and I can't back this up, but she said, since I've introduced this legislation or talked about introducing it, I've had numerous calls from both sides of the aisle in both chambers of commerce. And so I think the big takeaway for investors is the status quo is great. I mean, uh, this slow quarter notwithstanding. Uh, and so... Federal legalization happening very quickly could be very negative uh, in, in a lot of ways for the status quo. Uh, the, the people that are succeeding now might not be able to succeed if we quickly changed. And there's some risks to quick change. So I think the status quo will play out for a while. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, investors on the sideline right now. Maybe some of them are buying MSOS because they can't buy the underlying securities. Uh, but I think there's there's a nice window here of, you know, two to five years where we'll be talking about these issues. I don't think they're going to be solving them, but uh, not right away. Right, Alan? Not right like away. Anything. We're on the line with Alan Brockstein. He's the author of the 420 Investor Letter, founder of New Cannabis Ventures. Uh, you know, the legalization, uh, you know, aside when. What about the medicinal uses? I mean, you taught GWPH and that. I mean, that was supposed to be, um, you know, one, you know, major usage of it and legalization. Is that just kind of, is that just kind of like put to the to the side now? The medicinal no, no. uses. So first of all, is there a way to capitalize on that? Yeah. So Jazz Pharma bought GW. So it's it's a much smaller part of that company now. But uh, you know, Jazz looks really cheap. It's got some generic risk with. Uh, its main drug, but uh, it's diversified and it has an answer for that. But I think there's some competition too. But so I'm not recommending it or not recommending. Okay, no, it. good monthly support, but yeah. You know. But okay. uh, you know, beyond that, I've been uh, kind of surprised that there haven't been more like straight cannabis uh, companies, you know, on the medical side like GW. That's it, really the only one. What we have seen are other companies that are doing things like uh, biosynthesis, which is creating these cannabinoids uh, out of yeast or other processes instead of through cannabis. And we've seen some synthetic companies. So there are kind of the cannabinoid plays. The medical cannabis industry has really been stymied by this whole illegal, federal illegality. And, and just recently, some legislation passed that will make it easier to do research. And you know, historically, if you wanted to do research, there was a monopoly and it was really bad product out of uh, Ole Miss. It was the only way you could get cannabis for studies. So I think we'll see uh, more and more research done, which would validate, uh, you know, some of the claims that are made 
uh, you know, it's certainly easy to see. I've seen these videos, people with Parkinson's and they inhale the cannabis and all of a sudden they stop shaking. And, uh, and these are real people, but there, there's a, you know, plenty of evidence out there. It's just not uh, clinical trial evidence. And there's plenty of clinical trial evidence too, just not large scale. And, you know, unfortunately it's, you know, cannabis is a generic industry, let's face it. And so, you know, no, nobody wants to really put forth uh, research to support cannabis itself is a generic. It's just like, you know, in the pharma industry, if you can create a branded product like GW did with Epidiolex, that's a different story because you can monetize that research. One more. And uh, man, I, I bought this thing bad and I sold it. Where's the old uh, Alcana, L-K-S-I-F that they I know they're down. being acquired. Yeah. I told you that was a good one. Would you say <laughs> it? Told me it was a good one. <laughs> I think I, I bought it. Well, I bought it at eight. It went to two. I sold it at one fifty. There's another loser for you, Dennis. <laughs> Are you happy, Dennis? I have another loser. Okay, final loser. Should have bought more. He doesn't have I was, any losers. I was thinking of really just loading up and just you know bringing my cost down, but I'm like, oh no, that's that's you know Dennis says don't average down, and I did it. But uh, no, I mean, uh, Alan, that, that's good look. Uh, good look at the industry. Appreciate the time as always, Alan Broxing. Again, New Cannabis Ventures is his website. Highly, highly recommend that as well as his letter, the 420 investor. Um, Alan, a pleasure as always, man. Thank uh, you guys. Great, great catch Thanks up. for coming on, Alan. Happy Thanksgiving next week. Thanks, Alan. Happy right. Thanksgiving. Yes, we have to start remembering to say that to our guests now because it is that time of year. We so forget happy, everything. Happy Thanksgiving, Alan. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. All right. Um, hey, it is 8.48. We've got a couple minutes uh, left in the show. Uh, we'll do some ticker time. I want to mention John Deere quickly because the strike appears to officially now be over. Is it over for real this time? It's, it's over last for... time we thought it was over, then they pulled the rug out from under. It's like, oh, no, there's no deal. No, no it's, deal. It's, it's over for real this time. So, uh, yeah. They, See, it's... that's the Jim Cramer. Look, that's the Jim Cramer newsletter. <laughs> what? That's the ring in the background was the Jim oh, Cramer newsletter. Oh, 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 is it really? Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. I read yeah. his investing club. I like Jim Cramer. Anyway, yeah, stock trading higher could because the the Because you're gonna replace deal. him on CNBC. <laughs> yeah. No, those would be big shoes to fill. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Joel, uh, Joel, thoughts on deer this morning? A uh, nice pop on uh, 22,000 shares are traded above three. I mean, you're returning to the scene of the crime here. I mean, you get you have a reference point. Uh, 365.63 was one of the times they thought the deal was done. Uh, then the other time they thought the deal done, it went to uh, 65.45. And then just a couple days ago when they thought the deal was done, it got to 66.20. So right there, let's just call it 365 and a half. That's your resistance. Let's see if it gets there. If not, I'd like expect to give a little back. If you were yeah. a buyer here, maybe the top of yesterday's range at 360. But boy, it's had a hard time getting over 360 and holding. Let's see if today's the day. And it's up eight bucks, and they yeah. think the strike's over. And last time the eight, strike was yeah. over, they pulled the rug out from under it. Sold to you. I don't like this uh, pop. I would not be chasing this move. Just my opinion. All right. It is ticker time. Last 10 ticker minutes time. of the show. Wow, ticker tickers in the chat. We will take a look. And, hey, while you're at it, hit that like button, please. We'd appreciate that. I want to start with um, – Actually, this isn't so much a, a ticker question, but it's a question we've gotten from our chat for a couple of days now, um, and it's about rotation. And the, the question is, yeah, um, the, the question is, how do you spot it, 
that's basically the question. How do you spot it? <laughs> Dennis? Mostly pre-market is like, so you want to get ahead of the rotation. If by 10 o'clock, everybody's already talking about what's strong and what's weak. So the way I start every single day is I come in, I got on my quote watch, I got probably 200 of the S&P stocks there. So I can quickly see what is trading up and what is not. I mean, if you want to just look, obviously, first thing you look at is SPY, Qs, figure out, you know, or is a NASDAQ ripping? What's a small caps doing? I look at all three of those, IWMs, SPY, and Qs. You know, IWMs kicking around. They're all kind of up today. But then you look, okay, well, what is really the standout here this morning? So if I'm looking at my quote watch, I see Boeing lifting. That's because there was an analyst upgrade, I believe, on it this morning. Um, you know, you can obviously see deer. You can see the newsy stocks. But then is there any trends? Do I see any trends happening here? Well, you know, not really. I just kind of see a lot of green across the board. So do I see anything specific? Tech kind of strong. Roblox trading up. That's news as well. Um, obviously, retail is going to be a theme here today because we have some blowout earnings from Kohl's and Macy's and Nordstrom and Dillard's are up in sympathy. So I can see right away. We're probably going to be some rotation in the retail names. So now I'm biased to look at the open and say, is there any retail names that haven't ran yet? You know, and obviously staying away from the earnings stocks, but just looking, you know, at is there a laggard play? Is there the potential for that? So, you know, so I've been, I've first, just going through this exercise right now, I've identified that retail is likely to at least be strong at the open. We've seen that. Um, other than that, I don't see a ton of themes here this morning. I do see tech strong again amazon's up 20 bucks what we saw yesterday was a lot of rotation in the mega caps so you get that safety trade going on where a little bit of weakness and some of the momo stuff the rivians and stuff and what do they flock into right away they're back into the apple and they're back into the amazon and they're you know back into the microsoft those are the safety trades now you can see apple had a great day yesterday so when Rivian's going down, that high growth, you know, then they're like, okay, well, where do we go? We go to safety. So the mega cap seen as a safety trade. This morning, what the clear rotation I can clearly see is into retail stocks. So. I look at I look at rotation in a little bit different manner. Um, I try to identify what they're going to buy and then what they're going to buy more of. Well, that's a good way. Because there's – because like – the selling, whatever selling goes on in these rotations is, is is muted. And it's just, you know, where where the money's flowing. I mean, the banks have been, you know, we talk about the banks. They've been quiet lately. I think one thing that we haven't really touched on yet today, and I think there could be, and this is temporary, uh, maybe some money coming out of the oil sector. Now, you've had crude really come off here, uh, seven, eight bucks from the highs, just, just another buy the dip in crude. Uh, I don't know, but the uh, U.S. is asking other countries to really grease the pumps. So, you know, ExxonMobil, these stocks had some big, big, big runs. Maybe some of the money starts to come out of this with, uh, you know, with crude coming off. And then the stocks that are, you know, in the sectors that are going to benefit, you know, from lower get because gas prices are sky high. You know, of course, your retailers, your restaurants, uh, maybe your airlines benefit a little bit from oil coming off. AAL looks a little sleepy down here for a trade at 1950. If you think oil is going to come off. It did though, Dennis. Look at the chart. It's already come off quite well, a bit. Maybe this is the dip to buy in oil. Because and the whole one, world's going EV. I mean, who's going to need oil in three but or four as years? As Anne-Marie was saying, that's a decade from now. So we're not all going to just turn off you know, all our oil needs immediately. I'm not trying to say I'm getting bullish, but I like I buying things that are in uptrends. 
The main reason oil, let's be honest here, the main reason oil has ripped, roared, and rallied over the course of this year is inflation. It's an inflation hedge. We talk about inflation hedge gold. Commodity stocks are your pure inflation hedge because as prices go up across the board, I mean, that directly benefits from price increases. So there's not a lot of things that benefit from price increases. Commodities, obviously, prices are going up, benefit from that. So I think, you know, the main reason that oil has went up in a, in a market that we're all going EV is because we have inflation hedges that people coming in with their inflation hedges trying to figure out, okay, well, I think inflation's going to stick around. What do I buy? The textbook says commodities. The textbook worked. That's why we have. Really I think we're also up. coming out of a, a pandemic where you had zero, you know, very little economic activity. There's or demand. Minimal, yeah. You know, Forever. so that demand and then, you know, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline wasn't, you know, perhaps the greatest. I mean, you, you had increased demand and you cut down supply. So there you, there you go. But we'll see. I mean, maybe I'm just looking for identify maybe some sectors that might be a little weak today. Maybe, maybe, maybe some money will be coming out of the energy sector. I think we just need to be aware. The biggest thing with rotation is it can be vicious. And obviously it came out yesterday on those EV names, something fierce. So you, and obviously, you know, you looked at Rivian as your leader, leave it on your board. I mean, if you're trading anything EV, you're using RIVN as your leader. You don't have to trade RIVN, but it's a great indicator. If all of a sudden RIVN, you know, bottoms around 945, which they tend to do this, and they start rip-roaring and rallying it, that will bring up Lucid, that will bring up Fisker, that will bring up your other 25 EV names, and there's literally probably 50 of them out there. Spencer Israel could give you a whole pile of them. But, I mean, you know, even to the to the battery place, to all kinds of different places there. So it's something, you know, that you've got to be identifying. And, you know, Rivian was the tip-off in the pre-market yesterday when it fell at 10 bucks in literally like less than 10 minutes that, whoa, they might be rotating out of the EV stocks, and they did all day. Uh, let's do some tickers uh, from the chat real fast. Uh, yeah, that was quite the uh, tangent. Uh, yeah. No, no, it was, was good, good, though. It was a good question. It was a great answer. Uh, let's start with American Airlines. Who asked, someone asked about American Airlines a long time ago, and I wanted to bring that up here. So, hey, well, hey. I'm, I don't mind it down here because you got huge support. Like, I mean, you've come in, you've sold off. If Joel's thesis that oil prices could come off a bit, the airlines could get a lift, and that pun was intended. But I mean, it, it, it's it's they've been dogs, you know. So it's it's tough to just say this is the turn time to turn it around. But I don't actually mind the airlines down here. Just as short term trades, we're coming into the holiday season where people are going to be traveling more, so seasonality is in their favor too. You're definitely not chasing. So and you have levels to lean on. I mean, LUV. Look at this level, Joel. Like this forty six and a half is huge. So you try to break out, now you're pulled back to retest it. There's huge support down here. Maybe they just break down and continue to go lower. But if you believe in a reopening, believe we're going to travel around the holidays, if you believe that oil could come off a little bit, um, that could be good for the airlines. So actually, you know what? I don't mind the dip short-term, not long-term portfolio, but short-term dips on airlines here. I don't mind buying them. Look at this trading range. You know, people ask for like trading range stocks and things like that. Look at look at the trading range here in AAL. Four months lows are probably let's just call it 1850. And then the last four months highs is 22. Trade the range. So if you're buying here in 1990, you're kind of in the middle here. Uh, but um, you know, buying it on weakness, 18 and a half, 19, selling it at 22, waiting it. That would have been 
or actually for the last three months because you made that uh, the support is better to find. You didn't make as high, but that's a range. I mean, you bust this thing above 22, you hold 22, boom, back up to the uh, recovery highs and just rock solid support at uh, 18 and a half, 1860. All right, Joel, we can't let you go. It's been too many days since we've had the dad joke of the day. So can we get the dad joke? Dad, it's been a couple good ones, too. Yeah. Okay, read I'll, them off. you I'll got go, 30 seconds. Go. Okay. Um, two of them. Yesterday, dads love asking, does that cover my size when they see a kid with a cool t-shirt or light-up shoes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay, good. Dad doesn't like that one. No, no that's no. good. I like and that. Da- dads love saying... We needed this rain when it rains. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, we always needed this rain. I don't say that because I'm not a farmer, but no. But we always needed the rain. You, you get it. You, you you like it. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. I'm gonna hop over to uh, PMP Plus <laughs> and cover these other 97 tickers somehow that so we missed. I'm sorry, and, uh, guys. We always try our hardest to get to more. Uh, maybe we can. I'll do it every day. I'll make it. A re- this is what I got left on the my dad stack. joke of the day. Can you can you guys see this? Or, yes. You know, yeah, we that's, see. That's how many, that's how thick it is, right there. Uh, all right, I, awesome. Yeah, Dana and Emily got that. All right, Joel. You're not listening. Later, but I'll, I'll talk to you me. later. Let's bring on Peter Talkman, the Einstein of Wall Street. Get his thoughts, and we can. Uh, if you have any questions for Peter, drop in the chat. But uh, Peter, good morning, sir. What's up there, my buddy, old pal? How you doing? Doing fantastic. You're. I see you're pulled over. You're not driving. You're parked. This is good. This is safe. Don't trade and drive at the same time. Um, what's up, man? How the called uh... determination, Benzinga. I love to be here on Friday on Thursday morning. So wherever you find me, I will stop in my tracks. Whether sure. I'm going like on my way to the moon or what, I'm on my way to work. You know what? It's sort of an interesting money morning. You know, we are we're seeing the jobless numbers come out. We got a little bit of a. Uh, tug of war going on with the supply chain problems and consumer strong consumer spending. We got the, uh, you know, the, the, whether Santa Claus is coming to town or not, we've got earnings that are kind of fascinating yet. The price action once again is, 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 is challenging. I think in a lot of ways, I just noticed uh, Alibaba missed out by 39%. So I, I can't even imagine what that stock's doing at the moment. And then we're seeing some of this, you know, stocks that are the high flyers of the week. So it's a fascinating market. It, you know, it's it. it uh, you know, we we always talk about um, when we are talking to people who are learning technical analysis and whatnot. They're always just the, you know the fear of missing out on some of these trades. And what we've seen every day for the last eighteen months is there's something happening every day. This market just never disappoints. I know the team before me was talking about particular names, but some of these names are just extraordinary, like such as, uh, such as you know, look, Moderna and Peloton. Uh, some of the uh, some of the memeified stocks, some of the spacs. I mean, we're just seeing stocks that are making these wild moves. I want to get your thoughts on oil here because we were just talking about oil. You know, we we've come off in the earnings uh, to let let that stuff come out because the moves that we see post release of news and earnings is so volatile that if orders to protect themselves, they're getting blown out. Right? We saw it in so many different stocks in the past couple of weeks. I want to get your thoughts on oil here. Uh, we we we've come off the highs, right? Um, uh, from I guess what a couple of weeks ago now. Let me pull up a longer term chart. Uh, yeah, high of eighty five. Find ourselves now at seventy seven bucks a barrel. What is your take on oil right now? You know what? I mean, oil is really not my specialty, but it's a supply okay. and demand 
it's a supply and demand game, right? We're coming into the, you know, we're going to start seeing the news unfold about what kind of a winter it's going to be, the supply demand. We're going to see, look, at $83 a barrel, obviously the oil producers were sitting there and sort of licking their chops and maybe they're dropping a little more production and some volume numbers maybe come out. I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating trade. We've got, We've got the Rivians in the world talking about, you know, rallying up to $165 on the electric car sector being the hottest thing in the world, though they don't have revenues. Now they are the third biggest uh, uh, car company in the world without having made a dollar yet. Yet, And we're uh, talking about what happened in Glasgow and about the climate change and whatnot and the whole, you know, trying to reduce the footprint of the whole oil and fossil fuel trade. And then we've got oil trading at 83 bucks a barrel. So, you know, I could can I digest or decipher all that information and tell you why it came off its highs? I would bet you it was a technical. It was probably an overbought situation at 83. At 77, are we going to see it come in a little bit more or not? I'm not sure. Uh, I would love to get your thoughts here, Peter, on like the IWM versus the SPY. The IWM, we, we had that breakout. Uh, a couple, uh, what last week or a couple days? Yeah, I guess last week. Uh, we've come off the highs, uh, but it was doing nothing for so long, and it finally broke out. Uh, Spy is just continuing to just go. It, it never seems to pause for more than a week at a time. Um, I would love to get get, get your thoughts on on those on the, the relationship know, I, there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Well, it's curious to know, do we know, do we think that people look, are, are, uh, look at the overall market. I mean, at this level, there's got to be a, a, quite a short interest in the market per se. You and I talked about it a number of months ago. It was the, sh- it was the lowest, when the spies were trading at sort of record highs, we were going, this is the lowest short interest we've seen in the spy for a long, long time. Or whether it was it the, the largest, uh, I can't even remember at this point. You know what? Whether people are using the spy as a hedge, whether people are actually, you know, it, it is the flavor of the moment. I'm seeing the massive bid in the market. Every time we get the slightest pullback, there is absolutely no follow through. And, you know, we are seeing some sectors retrace and regroup a bit. Uh, yet the spies go higher. Is, is a spy a, a hedge against people who short the market? Are people buying all the overall indices? Because we have seen 
a lot of stocks that were the leaders of the of the uh, of the market, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, come come in quite a bit and retrace a lot of this thing. And so, you know, do you want exposure to the overall market? Look, we've seen a lot of the stocks that really were wonderful for us during the pandemic get beat up really badly, whether it's the Myrna's, whether it's the Peloton's or whatnot. And we're not clear about the reopening story. The SPY is an incredible thing. Every time you think you're going to get a, a really nice sell-off, 2 3 4%, we just see no follow-through. There's a bit in the marketplace. It's yeah. absolutely baffling. The volume in the SPY, the support in the SPY, the, the resistance on the downside is incredible. All right, Peter, your your video's frozen, but we can hear you. That's all that really matters here. So uh, just as, as we wrap up here, like, what is the next thing you're focused on? Is it options expiration this week? Is it something as relates to the holiday week next week but i mean is is it not economic data is it something else is it like the fed what what is the next macro thing that you and 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 your clients are are focusing on you know what i kind of think i find it amazing that we're seeing the consumer spending numbers uh rise right we're seeing the robustness of the state of the consumer right so where is that coming from we had four point okay that's fine but they're not getting those checks that they were getting for 18 months, Spencer, right? You have 4.3 million people who quit their jobs in August. How are these people going on to support their family? That whole line that people are saying, well, they're lazy, they're being paid to stay at home, and that's not why they're going back to work. I don't go for that story at all, right? Whether they're, you know, with the unemployment benefits are weaning out. People are not getting those $1,200 uh, payments every two weeks or whatever it was. There is no more stimulus coming, right? So uh, how are people supporting their families of four on, on, on what they made over the last two months? Are they um, changing their jobs? I'll tell are they you. going out there to, to find a new career? What's going on with that? And then I'll yet we're hearing that the number of the consumer, the robustness of the consumer spending coming in, we saw it in retail and whatnot. Where is this all coming from? I'm kind of baffled by that. I, I, I'm baffled too, but I'll tell you, they all got rich off crypto. Is the, is the, is the... All everybody got rich off crypto. Apparently so. Is that what you're telling me? That we've got not five uh, Dogecoin millionaires, but we've got a, a million of them. A million people got rich off of crypto in the last year. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, mean, I don't know either. Everybody, did everybody buy a board ape at forty four hundred dollars and sold it at one point nine? I get it. I agree with you. Maybe there is some wild generation out there of a bunch of millionaires sitting around, but that's not that's not the basis of the economy. I, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. I agree. I agree with you. Right, yeah, I, but I don't think that. All right, Peter Tuckman is also known as the Einstein of Wall Street. His trading course, Wall Street Global Trading Academy. The link to that is in the description. Check it out, Peter. Always a pleasure. Uh, we will not talk to you next week because, of course, it's a federal holiday and markets are closed. So, a happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Have a great holiday, sir, and and, and be well. Thanks, Benzinga. It's good to see you, Spencer. All Happy right. holidays to everybody. See you when we get back. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay, let's wrap it up the show here. As a reminder, the last Benzinga Boot Camp of the year is this coming Saturday in two days. I'm going to put the link up on the screen. I put it in the chat already. Benzinga.com slash events slash boot dash camp. Full day, 9 to 5, education, trading, 
technicals, investing, the whole shebang all day right there. There's your link. Check that out. Uh, please, if you haven't already, hit that like button. We appreciate that. Uh, the likes really do help us. I don't know where we're at right now. We're at 317. We should get to five. We should be able to get to 500 every day, frankly. Um, the likes sounds dumb, but but YouTube likes likes, and so we like likes because it helps us on YouTube. So thanks to our guest today, Peter Tuckman. Thanks to Alan Brockstein. Thanks to all of you in our chat. I'm going to end the show. We're going to go live trading with Benzinga, Ryan, Zunaid, Mitch, Hopefully our, our special guest joins us today. I'll hang out for a few as well. So let's wrap this show up. I'll see you guys over on live trading starting. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring. To make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.